Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equip to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equip to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Welcome to this edition of Equipped to Be. I am your host, Connie Albers. I have a question for you. How many of you have been to a sporting event lately? Maybe it's your kid or your grandkid, or maybe it's uh, just a friend of yours. And anyway, you're at the event and, you know, it used to be you would hear a parent yelling at a referee, bad call, open your eyes, you'll hear them maybe yell at their child, go, go, give it all, quit walking, hustle. But it's different. You're seeing fights break out. You're seeing parents completely lose their mind, have no self-control. What do you do? They're having brawls out on the field or on the sidelines because parents are truly losing their filter and their self-control. What do we do about it? Well, I was recently asked to do a new segment on parents behaving badly. You know, why are they doing it? And what is the fallout from such poor behavior out of parents? And in a new segment that lasts, you know, three to five minutes, there's just never enough time to really dive deep and to really get to some of the solutions that we need to be addressing as parents and as a society, especially in the arena of sports and athletics and such. That's what we're going to talk about today in Equipped to Be. Well, I often travel and speak to homeschooled families, parents that are trying to raise their children with a Christian worldview, and I'm commonly asked, Connie, what kind of curriculum can we use? And there's a lot of great curriculum out there. I've endorsed several different curriculum providers and resources, but I have just recently partnered with BJU Press Homeschool for several reasons. One, they have all-in-the-one K3 through 12 core curriculum that fits your needs. Sometimes you just need school in a box, but you need to know that it's coming from a Christian worldview and not just nice thoughts or sentiments or great principles. Those are all important and those are good, but you want to have a biblical worldview. Why? That helps shape your children and it helps them to know how to process, how to feel and experience the world around them. And that's why I really recommend, I'm so delighted that BJU Press Homeschool has partnered with equip to be They have lessons that encourage critical thinking. And of course, they do strive for academic rigor and excellence. After all, we want our children to be able to compete in the arena of ideas, to be able to rightly divide the truth, to see truth from lies and falsehoods, and, you know, to be able to love others. That's such an important part because we're so divided, but we don't have to be. And you want to teach your children so that they can speak up, they can speak out, and they can love those around them from a biblical worldview. That's why I recommend BJU Press Homeschool. Go to the show notes or give them a call. They'll be happy to answer all of your questions. So let's talk about parents behaving badly, shall we? I mentioned how parents tend to act up and act out. You've seen them. They almost act like toddlers or having temper tantrums and meltdowns. And it got me wondering as I was preparing for this interview, where is it coming from and what's happening? And and I have to start by kind of giving you a summary overview. Like, Where is it coming from? Why are parents behaving so poorly? 
I mean, they're doing it in front of crowds of people. Everybody's got their smartphones on. They're not doing it to go viral because most of them are not even aware of what's going on. They're just so zoned in on, you know, attacking or belittling or, you know, acting out with words or actions, physical actions. And we're sitting there looking in the stands like, I can't believe this is happening. Just sit down and enjoy the game or leave. Well, I did some research and I am going to say this. There are some real factors of why parents have started acting so badly. I'm not making excuses, but there has been a lot happen in our lives in the last three, four years. Fatigue and stress. You know, you get off work, you're running to the ball game, you're running through a drive-through, you're worried about paying the bills or buying the groceries, your boss has let you know that you're not performing enough or that there's going to be layoffs coming and there's this stress that's mounting up in you and you're tired. You know, you're staying up later and later trying to get more and more done, trying to meet all the needs of the children, trying to meet your needs of your spouse if you're married, run a household, all the things, whether you're homeschooling or not, it's still equally demanding, all the things that we have to do. So fatigue and stress are compounding the problem. They're at least a contributing factor because parents are just straight up worn down from outside factors, from work-related issues, lack of sleep. And frankly, they're trying to juggle too many tasks. Does that sound like you? Not the acting poorly, but just kind of in general how you feel. Another contributing factor is just sensory overload. Parents just get caught up in the moment. You know, it's one thing to go to a college game and you're in this big arena and everybody's screaming and yelling and really nobody hears you. It's just you're shouting to the wind along with thousands of other people. Or going to a professional sporting event. Again, everybody is dressed with their jerseys with their favorite player's name on them. And they kind of get caught up in the moment. Well, that's it's one thing if you're caught up in the moment in a crowd of thousands versus with a team of little kids that are trying to learn a sport, be competitive, and their parents are primarily the ones in the stands. It's... <laughs> It's not recruiters from Division I schools. It's parents and grandparents and siblings. Another contributing factor is societal expectations and pressures. Now more than ever, I am finding that parents' identity is in their children's performance. Performance on the field, performance in schools, academics, social arenas. Parents are putting their identity in their child's behavior. And when their children, you know, misses a ball or isn't the number one pick for a team, instead of parents kind of consoling the kids, hey, it's going to be okay, work harder, they go after the ones that they shouldn't be. They're not supporting the ones that are trying to help shape, mold, and form their kids to become people of character who learn how to lose gracefully. And then there's personal triggers. We all have them. We don't think about them, but we have them. We have unmanaged expectations. We have expectations that aren't managed, I guess would be a better way to say that. Sometimes parents are reliving their own childhood, their failures or their shortfalls, and they're pinning all their hopes and dreams that if they just provide the right experience, the right counsel, the right coaching, the right environment, that their kid will become more than they were that maybe they never made it into collegiate sports or to that Division I team or to varsity level. 
And so they're trying to genuinely help their children reach further than they reached. But sometimes those personal triggers of their own defeat or loss or disappointment, maybe that came from their own parents, gets pushed on to their kids. Sometimes another factor is just parenting challenges where you're trying to get your child to perform on a, on a team or at an event and your child, their heart's just not in it. They don't want to do it. And you're thinking, I'm just going to have my kid uh, get involved in these different activities to kind of help them develop character and team sports and they don't want to be there. So they're not giving it their best. And now you're in this power struggle with your child because you're trying to get them to give their best. They don't want to. And now you've got this conflict going on and those are real. Boy, have I seen it happen over and over again. But why do we need to exhibit self-control? What is the value of that? And why does our behavior or lack thereof adversely impact our kids so badly? What can happen? A lot, my friend. Now, I'm not pointing fingers at you. And if this kind of strikes a chord, I would just ask you and ask you to consider if, if some of this does apply to you, if maybe you are that parent and maybe you have lost self-control. Maybe it's not with a sporting event. Maybe it's with an academic pursuit. Maybe it's in other arenas. And you're, you're thinking you're just pushing your children to be the best they can be. And in that process, you lose the best of you, your testimony, <laughs> your witness, uh, maybe even your child's heart. So why do parents need to exhibit self-control? That's pretty simple. I just kind of boiled it down to when parents have and demonstrate self-control, they zip the lip. What comes in the mind doesn't come out the mouth. The frustration they feel isn't displayed by throwing the hands or arms up in the air or throwing their hat on the ground, or walking out, or yelling at their children. What happens? Well, when we regulate ourselves, when we demonstrate self-control in all manner of life, it teaches our children how to regulate their emotions. See, when you have, if you have big emotions, let's just call that, because that's a big word right now, big emotions. Yeah, parents, we have big emotions too. But we are the adults in the room, and we should know how to regulate our emotions. And when we do that, we're teaching our children how to do that. Because most of the time, they don't want to miss a ball. They don't want to get cut. They don't want to lose a game. And if they're watching you have angry outbursts, yelling, maybe even physical, then they learn that if mom and dad do it, then I guess that's the kind of like how we conduct ourselves. No. It teaches our children how to regulate emotions. It teaches our children to be patient and tolerant. Sometimes you're going to have a really bad game and you're going to be put on the bench. You're not going to get to play. Children learn to be patient, to work harder, to tolerate. Sometimes they should be playing. And for some reason that doesn't make sense to you or them, or maybe there's some little, you know, political theater going on inside sports events. And there are, there's, there's kind of favorites. There's kids that probably aren't as good that get to play over the better players. That's not normally the case, but sometimes that happens. But when we have self-control, our children learn to be patient and tolerant. Another thing children learn is impulse control. Remember when I said parents learn to zip it, what comes in the mind doesn't come out the mouth. We want our children to have impulse control. If they're slighted, if a bad call does happen, 
they learn how, not just to regulate their emotions, but to control their impulses. The next thing is a child learns how to manage their stress levels. Take a deep breath. Calm down. Put your head down. Remember who you're playing for. Remember who you represent. If you are a Christian, then you represent the Lord. Mom, dad, same for you. And your children do. And when things don't go our way, a bad call does happen and it happens. It just happens. We're humans. Referees make bad calls. Umpires make bad calls. Coaches call bad plays. Players fumble, stumble. Sometimes they get a little greedy, want a little bit more playtime, or they don't follow the coach's instruction. That all happens. Children learn when we manage our self-control and our emotions. Our children indirectly learn how to manage their stress levels, ways to cope with all the wrong that they might see or feel or experience. And it also helps children develop character qualities, and they need that in adulthood. So if they see us acting up, acting out with no filter, then they think, again, well, if they do it, I can do it. But we want our children to develop character qualities of patience and perseverance and persistence and benefit of the doubt and integrity and honesty and respect and deferring to others. There's a list of character qualities we want our children to learn. And many parents have their children play sports or get involved in music or theater because they know that there is a lot of character development, but they can get again caught up in the moment, and totally forget what the bigger picture is. When parents fail to just have self-control, these are some of the ways children are affected. They become emotionally insecure because they learn from you, from their grandparents, from their coaches, from other players, the ones that get mad and slam the ball or throw the glove or toss the bat or won't handshake, give handshakes at the end of the game to the winning team if they've lost. They're pouty, and they want to make sure everybody knows they're not happy about it. Well, they can become emotionally insecure. They get confused by the example that we set versus what they're told. Do you tell your children one thing and do something else? Do you think about it? Well, if you go back to what we talked about in the very beginning, if we get caught up in the moment, then we forget that why, that important element. When parents fail to show self-control, children become fearful and more anxious. Will my mom or dad, will they chew me out on the entire ride home? Will they point out everything that I did wrong? And, or will they try to tell me, well, if you just did this better, if you hustled a little more, if you asserted yourself here, if you stop that, or you know, if you didn't listen to the coach, or whatever it is, they spend the entire ride home mad at their child, or pointing out all their faults and flaws, and thinking that they're just helping their kids. Your kids become fearful, which can be triggered by just not knowing what to expect or what's going to come next. Yeah, we want our kids to give our best. God tells us, and everything you do, do with excellence, wholeheartedly before the Lord. Wholeheartedly, win or lose, I gave it my best. When our kids played sports, it was always, did you give it your best? You may have come up short, but did you give it your best? If you say yes, that's the end of the story. Next time, just get up and do your best again. It'll be a better game. Or, you know, sometimes 
We just have off days. Our children then aren't fearful if they don't perform. They're not filled with anxiety because they know, mom and dad, they're going to be there to support me. You don't have to say good game if the child didn't play well, but you don't need to berate your child. No good comes from that, or at least not what you want to come from that. Another thing about when parents fail to show self-control, it, you're modeling negative behavior. Let's just face it. You're modeling the very thing you don't want to model to your kids. You are an epistle known and read of all men. Do you snap at others? Do you yell at other parents? Do you yell at other kids that are not playing good or cause the loss of a game? When parents lack self-control, children just internalize many of them, but they go on to imitate that behavior. Is it the behavior you want them to imitate? Probably not. Not if you're listening to Equip to Be. I know the kind of parent. You want to be a good parent. You want to be a parent who builds your children up, not tears them down. You want to be a parent that is life-giving, not life-deflating. You want your kids to be an example, to set an example, to give it their all. Leave it all on the field and then walk off saying, I did my best. We fell short this time. See, children start to realize that a bad behavior is acceptable. And if they feel like acting impulsively, that's fine. If they feel like pushing another player, well, they saw mom or dad do it. They use aggressive and inappropriate language if you are, if you're chewing out somebody, if you're cutting somebody down. Another element is the impact on a child's self-esteem. See, the idea of our children playing a team sport or any sport or being involved in music or theater, the whole purpose is to help them learn skills and to grow in knowledge and talent and learn how to interface and interact with others, to be encouragers to others, to strive hard to do their best. But a parent's loss of self-control can cause children to absolutely internalize their feelings and actually think, they're not good enough. They devalue themselves because their value is based on performance, not on effort or skill. And we don't want to do that, do we, parents? But sometimes that happens. We don't have to let that happen. When parents fail to show self-control, kids have a difficult time regulating their own emotions. Again, you are the teacher. You are the one God placed over your kids to teach and train in the way they should go. If you lie, if you steal, if you cheat, if you defraud other people, if you malign other people, that's what your children are learning to do. And don't think you're doing it out of your child's earshot. Oh, no, they're watching, they're hearing, and that's what they are learning. See, children learn to regulate their emotions by observing and imitating their parents. They're imitators of us. Children don't know how to process that. They don't know how to manage their own emotions if that's not what they're being taught how to do it. If they're not being taught self-control, how can they learn it? They're not going to get it by osmosis. They'll clam up, shut down, withdraw, not want to hear what you say. And instead of getting their best and giving their best, they're going to feel like they're not worthy. They just can't. They don't measure up. But the long-term behavioral and psychological effects that sporting events and other activities have, we think it's just a game, but it's a life lesson, and it's one that sticks. Sure, 
It's okay to say, get after it. Practice harder. Did you give it your best? It's okay to do that. But you need to know the impact, the long-term impact. I would say the scars, what's etched in their heart, has that long-lasting effect. That becomes the reservoir that they draw from. So it's important to realize that we have occasional lapses. We snap at our kids. We get on them if they aren't giving their best because we know what they're capable of giving. We can come down hard on them if they're disrespectful to a teammate or the other team or if they don't shake hands or if they don't practice and deliver a musical presentation the way that they should or they they haven't practiced well and they can't deliver their lines in a play. See, all of those events, really what we're wanting our kids to realize is other people are relying on them. They're counting on them. And so you can get frustrated. Here's the deal. Go to your kids and apologize. Hey, I am I am really sorry. I kind of got really, you know, overwhelmed or I kind of got out of control. And I'm sorry. That wasn't the example that I want you to learn from. It's also not a good testimony to our family. And I probably embarrassed you in front of the other parents in the stands before your coach, before your teammates, before the other team and their families. And I'm sorry, I was wrong. Here's what you don't do. Justify your bad behavior. Just admit it and confess it and then ask for forgiveness. But even if you do those three things, guess what? There's one more thing that's key. Change. Do better. Don't say the same thing after every event. I'm sorry. I know I shouldn't do it. I just get carried away. I get so... Don't make excuses for a lack of self-control. See, we have the Lord that can work in us. And parents of it has often said, I can't seem to stop. I, I get so into it that I blow it. So here's some suggestions. Don't go to the games. Don't go to the practices. If you can't, as an adult, have self-control, don't go. That's one. Now, that's an extreme one but maybe that is the best. Another example would be have somebody, a friend, your spouse, give them permission to say, hey, settle down. You're getting a little riled up. Another thing is before you go, before you get out of the car, stop and just pray. Just pray. And lastly, decide before you close that door and walk in any arena, whatever it is, how you're going to behave. And remember why it matters so much. Remember that your testimony is reflective of the Lord. It's reflective of your family. And it's impacting your kids, regardless of their age. If that was what was modeled to you, guess what? Good news. You're not stuck. Don't be an excuse maker. Be a change maker. Change the legacy. Change the behavior that was modeled to you. Sure, it might be hard. It's not impossible. Don't be the person at an event that makes your kids cringe. There they go again. Don't be that person. Now, I know that this probably doesn't apply to many of you, but it's happening more and more in society. There are studies being done. There was a lecturer at the Harvard Graduate School of Learning, and based on data that they have seen, is it's basically what is happening is Parents are losing the fact that they are responsible for what they say and do. They are responsible to the Lord, 
and they're responsible to their family. There is a code of conduct and a way in which we treat other people, and it's not okay to demoralize, devalue, or criticize others. It's just, it's not okay, and it doesn't have to be tolerated. What about if you see it happening and you're kind of riled up? That happens too. One parent gets all jazzed up and another parent will join in. What do you do then? You have a choice. You either try to get them to settle down or you distance yourself. But pulling out your smartphone to video it so you can post it on social media, that's probably not the best strategy. But what you do want to do is talk to your kids about it later. And if you are on a team where parents are a little more vocal and, and hot-headed, ill-tempered, you may want to consider having your kids be on another team. I don't care if it's the best team that your 10-year-old can be involved in or your 15-year-old. You've got to teach your children what is acceptable and not, why they're involved with sports anyway. We don't live vicariously through our kids. But when we see others acting badly, when we see other parents lack self-control, it's a great opportunity for us to remind our children what is proper and right and what character qualities or flaws we don't want to have mentioned among us. I hope that makes sense. I know this was such an important topic. Parents are talking about it everywhere, which is why we did the news segment uh, on, that, on this very topic, because parents are tired of it. They don't want their kids involved in this kind of thing. They want their kids to do well for the most part, but there's always a few. But you have the strategies now. You know what are the triggers? You know what it teaches kids? And you know what? You're learning how it impacts them on a level that maybe you haven't quite thought of. So the change all starts with you. Change today. Use these tips to kind of help you talk to others. Maybe if you're the team mom or you're involved with a school of some sort, use this episode. Share it with them. They want to know what to do. They want to have some tips and strategies that they can use. They want to be able to say why things are happening and what they can do about it. And that's really what we're about. So I'm so grateful that you turned into this episode of Equipped to Be. I hope this was a blessing and it helps you as you navigate the seasons of raising children and strengthening your family for the future in the kingdom. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.